Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 145. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with Ryan and Evan of the band Too Close for Comfort. Um, had a great time talking with these dudes and think that they're right on the verge of making a major impact in the pop punk scene. Um, so in this episode, you're going to hear us talk about kind of the formation of this project, um, the transition to pop punk for some of the members, uh, their debut LP just dropped. That is called We Only Live Here on This Planet for So Long. Um, it is super fucking dope. We talk a lot about that album, the digestibility of it, the uh, highs and lows, and just kind of um, the whole overarching theme of the message. You know, like it's not a concept album by any means, and we discuss that, but the the message that title carries through pretty much the entire album and gives you kind of this overarching um feel and and look at what it means to try to live life you know for yourself and be happy in the moment um and yeah so i definitely want you guys to check this one out they are up and coming. Definitely want you to jump over and, you know, like, share, subscribe to them as well. Uh, but first, listen to this conversation. So let's just dive into this. This is my conversation with Ryan and Evan of Too Close for Comfort. Awesome. Uh, so I do start off with the same boring ass question every time. And that's the simple introduction. Who are you? What do you do? And just a little background on yourselves. Uh, I'm Ryan, and I play uh, guitar, and I do backing vocals um, in the band, so that's my role. Awesome. My name's Evan, and I play drum. Sweet. Um, so let's give, for anyone that's not familiar with you guys, as you kind of are emerging on the scene and, you know, have just recently gotten a, a debut LP under your belts and everything, what's kind of the story of the band, you know, for those that aren't familiar with you kind of, obviously we know why it formed, right? Like the, the formation in any pop punk band is because we fucking love music and we want to get out and have a good time. But for you guys specifically, what made this project, the project to be in? Oh, I love. Did I freeze for a minute? Are you there, Ryan? Uh, I'm kind of losing you. Okay. Evan, am so, I coming clear for you or no? Yeah, you're coming in clear for me. It might just be my Wi-Fi. We got okay. a few people on it. So, yeah, yeah we're good. You'd be good now. Okay. So, you yeah. just kind of like, was the, like the process in forming the band, correct? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um, I think it, so it started out um, probably in like January-ish uh, with me and our vocalist, Tyler. Um, I hit him up. He he was in another pop punk band and I I had never really written pop punk before. We were in another like uh beatdown type band. Um so I had hit him up and and uh told him that I had tried my hand at pop punk and I sent him two two demos and that was out of luck and magnetic. 
and he was like he was so stoked on it like he just loved the sound that it had um so we uh decided that we're just gonna start a project and it started out as just like writing uh we were just thinking like an ep you know four or five songs just like a quick little banger but then you know we kept thinking like you know like everybody puts out just an ep you know like how set ourselves apart and i and like we're like we're just gonna go for a full album so it was like five songs we got done in like a couple of months and then we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and the songs just came out so naturally and and so like it's it wasn't a grind writing the album right. um so that's kind of how that formed then we um i reached out to evan with um with out of luck and he was super super stoked on it and wanted to be a part of it and um i guess i'll let evan tell tell his side but that's kind of <laughs> how my side started forming but yeah yeah brian sent me the demo for out of luck and i think it took me maybe like half a second to realize that this is something i wanted to be a part of like it just is so energetic and so just right up my alley yeah yeah and no, i could I couldn't say no. <laughs> right. Right. No, I, I definitely agree. I, you know, wasn't familiar with you guys until Hope Red reached out and everything, but um, I've been a pop punk and emo fan as long as, you know, virtually as long as I've had my own choice in music, you know, after growing up with your parents and kind of having to absorb their musical preference originally. Right. Um, when I broke out to like getting away from my dad, listening to Metallica and, Led Zeppelin and all that shit. It was pop punk. And, you know, when, when she sent over your stuff and I hit play, I was like, Oh, they're onto something. Like it felt, it feels nostalgic, but it also feels so fucking fresh. It's like, it's got this really cool vibe where if you're a long-term fan of, of pop punk, immediately you're going to be hooked because it's like, Oh, this is, this is what I remember from my youth, but it's still fresh enough that you're like, they're not just copying the format or stealing from anybody on like, Oh, all time low wrote this hook. We're going to borrow that. You know, it's, it's totally new. Yeah. I think that's what we tried to do as much as possible is we wanted, we wanted to have a new sound, you know, to where it sounded more like some of these new, newer artists, you know, like um, state champs, Magnolia Park, stuff like that. But then we wanted to also like cater to the people who like the older style of pop punk, you know, like Blink and Green Day, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Where it was just a nice mixture. And I like <clears throat> growing up, I actually didn't listen to too much pop punk, um, which I was kind of writing. It was like fun because was like so different than what i'd listen to right uh, so i think that's part of what really helps like jumpstart the the process and and the writing because like the the pop punk that i listened to before was mainly just like knuckle puck and blink yeah and solid choices it. though you know yeah solid choice, yeah <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah i think that's what kind of helped is like we wanted to try to cater to the the younger generation of pop punk fans, but then the, you know, the generation that started it. So. Yeah. And I like, I'm 37. I don't have any kids, but you know, being 37, I'm in that old generation of pop punk, but I'm also old enough that like a lot of the people that came through the scene with me have kids that are getting into that, that area of music. So you guys are perfect for it because it's something the younger crowd wants because it, it feels good to them. And then the old school people like me can be like, yeah, no, this is cool. Like we can connect over this band now. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
talk a little bit about, you know, as you guys formed and you touched on, you know, being able to, to just bang out the, the LP, um, coming from the background that you came from and starting to write in this style and kind of not to say that other genres of music are, are less emotional or less personal, but like pop punk is a very personal genre of music. Was it different or difficult for you to start thinking in that manner of like, this is real life now, you know, we're putting our, our hearts on our sleeve to be cliche. Yeah, for sure. Um, with, with some of my other bands, um, I had another band called, it was like a more of like a metalcore band, similar to like Alpha Wolf. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the lyrical content I kind of wrote about that was kind of just personal, personally in my life about like, um, I guess just, just people, just people being fake. Um, and it, <laughs> um tyler was the vocalist for our other beatdown band called convulsions um and they were he had a different style of writing than i did his his lyrics what i really like about his lyrics current lyrics he was writing is it wasn't just like super angry like oh you betrayed me you know like like fucking die you know stuff like that you know and vocal (laughs) you know he had the he had like our latest the last song that we put out with convulsions was just talking about how like um <clears throat> you kind of grow numb to like losing people and it, he did a really good job and i think his lyrical content was really good um of just like being honest and transparent with where he's at in his life and not writing what people want him to write you know but writing yeah. what he feels um i didn't really have too much of a hand in writing the lyrics maybe like a couple words or phrases but no those are that's all tyler yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Um, for you guys, I guess we've, we've touched on the album. We haven't named it yet. Uh, we only live here on this planet for so long. Um, which I also felt like was kind of the homage to the old school pop punk, uh, mentality there too. Like let's have this super long drawn out fucking name for an album <laughs> that yep. doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, it's it's solid, and I, again, I I think that it hits the the right spot for the nostalgia fit, uh, factor. Um, but again, you know, you guys talked about coming out swinging, doing a full EP. Talk a little bit about the nerves that go into that. Being a fresh band, being a you know quote unquote new band, young band, whatever you want to call it, um, and just immediately going full bore and saying you know what it's going to be an album we're going to do this and we're we're quote unquote skipping steps but it's to make that initial splash evan you want to go for this one um yeah um with everything that this this whole process of like uh, being a part of this is all brand new to me like every part of the aspect of being in, in like a band and that that's actually going to be doing stuff is all brand new to me so just just how fast everything came out was just really crazy. Like it's just, it just, it seems like every couple of weeks something brand new happens where I'm just like, whoa, well, all right. Kind of like home myself back in. Right. Yeah. It's, it's all been really crazy and fast, but it's the best time of my life with this right now. Yeah. Uh, for you coming into the, the band, you know, maybe, maybe Ryan will disagree with me. I'm a big proponent that drummers are the backbone of a fucking band. Um, 
because you can have an okay drummer and a great vocalist, but that band is never going to be great that way, you know? So you have to have a solid drummer um, in order to truly take off. And I think you guys have nailed it and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but for you, like, was it different or difficult to learn, you know, the pop punk stylings or did it just kind of feel natural for what you wanted to progress in? Um, I wouldn't say it was necessarily difficult. There is a couple of songs on the album that are actually were tricky for me because I started off as a fan of the music before I actually was a part of the music, like the band. So I think um, I always grew up listening to pop punk. Pop punk was always my number one genre. So it, none of that is too far out from my realm, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask, normally this would be a end question, but and Ryan, you can answer too. For Evan, though, being a longtime fan of, of the genre, what's what were kind of some of those bands growing up for you that like spurred that interest in the genre? Definitely A Day to Remember was the first one. Yeah. They, they sparked it off for me, Silverstein, um, Under Oath, and then later on with the, the story so far, you know, all, all of those old school pop punk bands, they're still around. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Ryan, you? I guess I can answer with kind of what inspired me. I did listen to like when I was in high school, like a day to remember and stuff right. like that. It's, it's a little different for me because it's like a little heavier in my mind. Um, but I did listen to bands like that. I did listen to Silverstein. Um, but the I'd say probably the more like influ, influential to me that I've been listening to recently um, has definitely been like story so far um i still been listening to a lot of knuckle puck a lot of neck deep um and just trying to just trying to like immerse myself yeah and i've actually been listening to an, another band that i didn't know about but apparently a lot of people know about they're called waster they're like a side project or not a side project but like a I guess it's like um ben's brother from neck deep or something like that right yep but i'm listening to waster and just really trying to like at that time, and still now, I'm trying to immerse myself in that just to, like, get ideas, you know, like, yeah. rhythm, stuff like that, you know, to where I can, I can, you know, just get inspired to write my own, so. Yeah, for sure. I'm just glad neither of you said MGK, because I was going to end the podcast right there if you would have said Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly was the, the inspiration. Uh, oh, dude, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good with not having him on that list. It's, it's crazy to me. Uh, not that we need to go down this road very far, but like the the number of people that have said, and maybe Evan will back me up on this being a drummer, the number of people that have said like, he's kind of this, this resurgence. I'm like, yeah, but if it wasn't for Travis being on the album, he wouldn't be like Travis made that album. It doesn't have anything to do with MGK. 100%. And, and the people always, the people are saying that MGK made pop punk. That is yeah the most asinine so statement ever that's so far from true this is the third thing i've ever heard in my life yeah yeah so um let's dive into the album a little bit um obviously it's out now so people can go check it out um it, to me it's like the perfect length you guys are at 10 songs a little over 30 minutes um which is like again the the perfect length that's a easy drive to work like it's consumable, I guess, is the way that I want to put that versus not that a longer album isn't fun, but it's hard to find the time to sit down for an hour or whatever to listen to music. 
Um, obviously, I don't think that was fully like a conscious decision in that, like, we're going to do a hard cutoff. But what's it feel like to have something out in the world that you know is easily digestible and like in that realm of a complete cohesive project, I guess is the way that I want to put that. <clears throat> you want to jump on it, Evan? <laughs> I've never really thought of it like that way. <laughs> For 30 minutes is like a drive to work. So I guess it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. I only bring that up because that's exactly after Hope sent it to me, that's exactly the way it worked for me is I hit play and drove to work and it was wrapping up as I got to work, you know, and it was, to me, it was, you know, again, not to blow smoke up you guys' ass or anything like that, but like, it's the, that really consumable and digestible format where like, I didn't feel like I needed to skip songs. I didn't feel like I was getting bored of it by the time it, it wrapped up or anything like that. It was like, okay, this is, this is fun the whole way through. Yeah, absolutely. I think, <clears throat> I think 10 songs is a perfect length because I feel like I like, I, I listened to a lot of Shinedown growing up mm-hmm. and uh, latest album they just put out is like 20 something songs. Right. And holy shit. That's so many, like, how do you have a favorite in that? You know, yeah. like when I listen to an album, you know, I have probably like my three favorites and then I have songs that are good. And then I have maybe my two songs that I don't really fuck with that much. Right. But I think 10 songs is about the perfect length. It's perfectly digestible to where every song can be, you know, if you do it right, every song can be a banger. And I think that, when we were doing it we that's what we thought it became like at first it was like we're gonna try to write you know eight or ten songs that are you know the best we can do just because that's all we could write but we kept writing and it became i think we want eight or ten songs because that's the most digestible and i think that's the perfect amount um to where we make a statement but yet we don't overstep our bounds and give people too much yeah. And, and definitely like when I listen to the album, like I, if I listen to it on the way to work, you know, it's, it's so digestible and every, I, I think, I mean, I am kind of being biased cause like I'm a fan, but I feel like <laughs> listening to every song is a banger on that song or on that album, you know, and even the slow songs, you know, have those upbeat parts and they have those, they have those very powerful parts. So. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, again, it's, it's kind of that thing of, like you said, it, every song has a chance to stand on its own on a 10 track album, 22 tracks, bro, there's no fucking way. Like that's a, that's a playlist. <laughs> yeah. I, I was even talking to my girlfriend the other day and I told her, cause we were listening to the new Shinedown album and it was playing for a while. And she goes, how many songs are on the album? I said like 20 do and she was like whoa and i was like yeah i know like why wouldn't you just split that up and do like a two-part album you know i mean like not only is it better like logistically but i feel like it's better digestible you know 22 songs is a lot of fucking songs dude yeah well especially in in today's age and this may be something you guys can speak about you know the attention span of people nowadays is so fucking short that like you're going to put out 22 tracks on an album and you really think that people are going to sit and listen to 
let I, I mean, you listen to it so you can tell me if I'm wrong, but we're talking that's easily an hour and 15 minutes worth of music. Yeah, probably maybe a little over that. I think that, I think that like with our stuff, we tried to make a statement like yeah. every song is like, not, not like you listen to a song and you're like, wow, this is like a good song, but it's not like single material, you know, like we wanted every song to have that single material aspect. Um, and we try to make just a statement with every song that no matter like what song you listen to you, it connects with you. Yeah. Uh, I just pulled it up. So it's 20 songs. Um, and a couple of them are super short, but that's still a 49 minute album. And like, that's <laughs> that, there's no way, like I, I would either a get tired of it in it or one of the worst things would be, you know, playing that driving to work. I'm going to be done after 30 minutes. Now I've got three random songs that I haven't listened to. Like that's yep. not fun. So nope. no, I think you guys nailed it as far as like track length and digestibility, like we've said. Um, let's go through a, a few of the songs. Um, normally I don't get into like, and I guess this works without having <laughs> the lead lead vocalist for it. I don't normally get into like the actual details of the song anymore. I used to do that when I was first starting out but I don't want to take away the meaning from anybody. Like we've all connected with songs that probably don't mean what the fuck we connect them to. So <laughs> I don't want to ruin somebody's like, Oh, this is, this is my love song. And you're guy, you guys are like, yeah, that was about my fucking dog. Uh, he died two years ago. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm going to do it a little bit different than I normally do it. I'll have you guys pick two of your favorite songs off the album and two that you think are more of like a sleeper song or like just fall a little lower in the radar. <clears throat> Evan, you want to go first? Cause I got to think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, me personally, it changed like uh, your home now is definitely my favorite by far on the record. And then I'm going to have to change or I'm going to have to switch it up say Storytellers, probably my second favorite. It was the most difficult song for me to learn by far, but it, it's really grew on me. And yeah. uh, I guess the least favorite, I guess I'd have to say maybe In Due Time and Picture Perfect, probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, ah, uh, damn. Storytellers, um, it's probably one of the two. It, initially, when we were writing the album, I thought that was one of the sleeper songs. But playing it more and more and, like, people listening to it, it's becoming, like, one of my favorites and I think people's favorites, too. So I'd say Storyteller <clears throat> um, is one of my favorites. And then I have to say... I might have to agree with Evan on your home now. It's the first song that we have been playing in our set. And it kind of like sets the, it sets this like atmosphere. Like we, we have this like sub that goes over it and it just kind of like, like shakes the entire room. And we had these like blue lights that go over it. And it's kind of like, it just sets the atmosphere and it just kind of gets people's attention. But not only that, but I think the, the song itself is about, I can't really say this for Tyler, but it's about losing people. And um, 
like, I think we've all kind of related to that, especially after COVID. And I think that's kind of a, a subject personal to me as well. And uh, I'd have actually have it. I actually have one of the lyrics tattooed on my hand. It says, it's a cassette tape and it says home at last. Yeah. Sick. And that's, yeah. That's one of the lyrics in the song, but um, yeah, I have to go with your home non storyteller. And then the one that's, that's got me sleeping um, two of them. One of them's turn back time. I just, I like that song, but I like, I can't relate to it as much just because like, I'm not, I'm 20, I'm like almost 23. Right. So it's hard, harder for me to relate to it. Um, then I'd have to say probably the other one is, is picture perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, I think for me, uh, storytellers on my, the top of my list as well. So I think we're all on to something there. Uh, <laughs> and then I think honestly, either out of luck or magnetic are really high up there for me as well. And I'm not exactly sure why, like they're both great songs, but I don't know, like for me, what the connection is that I'm every time they've come on when I'm playing the album, I'm like, yeah, this is something I just immediately get lost in. Um, but I would agree as far as um, maybe I'm going to take the cheater way out on one of them because I really only have one that I'm like, it's okay, but, I'm not as, you know, into, and that's the in due time for me. I just don't connect with it. And then mm -hmm. I'm cheating and I'm using out of luck, the lo-fi remix on the album as my other one. And it, it, it's only because like, honestly, everything else I really like, I enjoy lo-fi remixes, but like, okay, now I don't have lyrics to it. So it's just, it's there. It exists. Yeah, that's for sure. I've, a lot of people have told us like, it's a good song to like smoke to, you yeah. know, like if you, you put it on, <laughs> chilling you know and you're just like kind of vibing with the music it's funny when you listen to it because like all like the little like vocal notes you can just you know where they are in the song when you sing along right. to it yeah so cool. but yeah yeah i and don't get me wrong i've i've dug the lo-fi uh movement that's been happening over the last couple of years especially in the pop punk you know space mm -hmm. where um man who was it was it fearless records that took like all of their pump pop punk uh artists and paid a guy to do a lo-fi remix of all of them and it's really, really dope yeah i'll send it on instagram I'm, i'll send you the the link to the one i'm thinking of but um yeah i think i think that's for me again the album flows super well i think there's a unintentionally a cohesive story right like i always tell people i'm a big proponent of you have to listen to the album at least the first time straight through there's a reason the songs are in the order that they're in um and it does tell a little bit of a story you know it's not a correct me if i'm wrong it's not a true conceptual album where like we have a main character and they're you know going through this journey but there's an overarching story that kind of progresses through the the song movements absolutely the the um title of the album we only live around this planet so long is <clears throat> it's kind of what the whole album's about you know making the most of your life you know it kind of starts with out of luck where it's like talking about quitting your job you know and it was that's super personal because it's about like all of us have like struggled like do we quit and pursue music you know and that's what we're trying to do and then it ends on a perfect note too where it's like you're home at last you know it's just can, I feel like it's not like you were saying, like a true conceptual album, but it is like the the title fits like every song and the way they're arranged. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I guess, Evan, I'm going to swing this one at you. For you, setting up these as a live show now, how important Mm -hmm. is that order for you guys, knowing that you came out swinging, everything's a hit? What's the the live performance mindset going to be when, you know, trying to set up set lists and things like that? I believe it's what we really want to do is just uh, we want to really get everyone's attention as soon as we start. We want to have everyone's attention right from the first song to the last song. And uh, I guess just really get people hooked on our personalities and how we how we play the songs live. Yeah. How much of that translates? easily i guess is the way i'll put that you know studio work versus live work is an entirely different creature for you guys how much was there if any a thought process when writing the songs or recording the songs like okay but can we pull this off live or like we need to rearrange this so that it sounds better live yeah so storyteller definitely came up as one of those songs that maybe we were gonna slide off of the set list just because i was struggling a bit with it just uh getting the timing down and just you know learning the song overall but the last uh couple weeks before our first show we ended up starting getting it down pretty solid and everything started to come together and click so we kept it together about for you ryan writing writing guitars is obviously a different creature than than drums in general but when you're writing you know your different melodies or your hooks um how much of that goes how much of your mindset is around that live performance versus the recording oh that's such a good question <laughs> <laughs> can you ask me that again i just so think- yeah, no, I, I got you. So like when you're writing the melodies, the hooks, things like that, especially on guitar, how much of your mindset is, you know, live performance versus studio? Like this is going to be fun to play live or this is going to work better on an album? Yeah. Um, yeah, there were quite a lot of riffs when we were writing that we thought we thought it was gonna we thought it was gonna sound massive live and it really did um i think the pre-chorus and the the breakdown-ish part and out of luck was one of those parts where we were writing it it sounded it sounded so tight when we were writing but but when we started playing it live it was just like it's not a huge um and i think that's something that you got to think about you know um trying to not discourage yourself when you're writing because if you think something doesn't sound great when you're writing it when you play it live it might sound huge and there were there were plenty of little riffs where i wasn't super stoked on it but tyler was stoked on it or evan was stoked on it and we you know kept rolling with it and now they sound huge because of the way we did it so yeah yeah Yeah, dope um, I, I mainly ask that because especially in the, the pop punk genre, um, the live performance, there's nothing like being on stage or even being in attendance at a pop punk show. Um, you know, you both have come from different musical backgrounds as well and seen those environments. Um, how, how do you feel like you guys have 
maybe been embraced by the pop punk community as you're, you know, starting things out here? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have too good of an answer either. Um, we, I don't know. There's, there's not a huge pop punk scene in Reno where we're from right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of like a um, indie style scene or, or like underground hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> we're starting to get like, after we had, we had our uh, album release show, I think two weeks ago. And um, we started to get embraced by the local scene, just as far as like indie people. Yeah. Or they people. Um, and we tried to do the best we could to put on such a professional sounding show, you know, like we had our sound dialed in a couple of weeks before, you know, and like little tweaks and um, just to sound as big and as, as best as we could. Um, and I think that we've been embraced by like the indie style um, genre community here. And I think we've also been embraced by that underground hardcore scene too, because, you know, I think some of our wrists are, are, are a little heavier too, you know, um, yeah. I mean, more like, you know, story. Um, they definitely got those kind of style, those heavier riffs, but um, yeah. we're actually trying, we're trying to get on some shows in, in California next year in, in January, trying to get on, on a tour. We have it probably about half booked right now and we're trying to get on it um with another pop punk band from san diego or not san diego la called uh heart like war okay working on it you know it's it's kind of a it's a progress but you know we're trying (laughs) yeah no and and you know you guys again not to downplay what you have going but like you're very new to the scene you know like yeah it's absolutely a fresh start um and i i guess i kind of expected the not a huge pop punk uh, scene in your area. I actually just talked to Seth from the lead singer from the higher from way back in the day. They're Mm -hmm. coming out with new music. He's based out of Vegas. And he said basically the same thing. Like back in the day, the scene was really, you know, kind of thriving. And now it's like, eh, we're, we're here, but like Nevada is not it. It just doesn't have what we need. Yeah. It doesn't have that huge pop punk those vibes to it you know like cali's really the place uh close like because i i live in california like right over the nevada border so it's kind of like it's so close where we can just you know hop over for us and shows or a tour you know it's yeah so yeah yeah um so obviously without giving anything away because nothing's set in stone on that yet what are some venues that you would like to play you know anything iconic over there that you're like Man, if we could get in this room, we know we could kill it. Uh, Evan, you want to take that one? I mean, of course. I mean, everyone would love to play the chain reaction. I mean, that's definitely one of those yeah. the one of the venues that are on the top of my list by far. But and uh, as far maybe like the cornerstone sack. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, probably the Goldfield in Roseville. That's kind of a new uh, new venue that's uh, coming up. They've, they've had quite a few bigger bands come in there. They're having uh, bad omens and the plot yeah. in you. So they're they're getting they're they're in, they're growing. And I think that's a venue that I've wanted to play at for a little while now. 
Ace of Spades, Sacramento would be sick too. Yep. Um, I can't remember what that venue's called in uh, San Diego. What is it called? The Glass House or something like that. That sounds familiar. Yeah, that would be sick too. But I, I would definitely say that the chain reactions, like one of my top, I've always seen it pop off there and I've always wanted to play there. So, yeah, that's been one of those iconic venues for everyone. You know what I mean? Like, as long as I can remember, bands were always like, fuck yeah, we're playing chain reaction, you know? And like, I'm obviously they've upgraded over the years as far as like sound uh, equipment, things like that inside, but like the space hasn't gotten any bigger. And I think that's what's, so awesome about that one specifically is like it is such an iconic name and venue that you're going to get people that just want to go because it's chain reaction like they may have never heard of you guys before but like fuck it i'm going to go see a show at chain reaction chain reaction yeah can't go wrong no right of course not. <laughs> <laughs> right um so obviously the the plan for kind of the the rest of the year let's kind of lay this out you guys are, I assume, writing new material. You're working on planning some uh, shows and things like that out. Lay it out there, I guess. Kind of what do you guys want to accomplish before the end of the year? <laughs> Everything, uh, I know. <laughs> we definitely try to get on some more, um, not local shows, but closer to us, like SAC, uh, yeah. maybe San Fran, somewhere over in there, maybe Vegas, if it was a possibility um definitely try to get on a couple more of those local shows um new material that's i love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> we uh we're we're i would say we're probably like three quarters of the way through a second album so yeah we're we're pushing you know yeah and i think you know in this day and age and that makes me sound so fucking old, but I remember buying cassette tapes. So fuck off. But like <laughs> in this day and age, though, you you almost have to have the second album or the next album ready at the launch of an album because people just again, the attention spans are so short that like, cool, we've we've listened to that for six months. We want something new. And it's like, OK, but I haven't had time to even go tour on that yet. Like, let's chill a little bit. Our, our plan was to do like, I think it was nine or 10 months in between albums, not quite a full year, but just the right amount of time Yeah, where, you know, we could enjoy the success of our album, you know, tour on it a little bit and then have the writing done and then take a couple months to, you know, bang out music videos, recording, mix and mastering everything that we need to do for our next album release. So, yeah. Um, something I... I talk about quite often is the expense of a DIY band, especially in the pop punk scene. So music videos, obviously the price tags huge on those, even the self shot ones a lot of times, but are you guys in the market to like start planning out some music videos or is that like a album cycle two, maybe before that plans out? Uh, probably album cycle two. We released the out of luck music video and that one we we drove down to LA and recorded and then we did um what was it i think we did one or two no maybe it's two or three like home style music videos mm -hmm. whereas and tyler playing uh turn back time and then we did one where 
uh, for Burn Bright. Um, so, yeah, I'd say it's probably if we're going to do more music videos, it's going to be on our second cycle. So, yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, that's where, again, I talk about it a lot, like the networking within the scene comes in and all of that, because what fans, quote unquote, and I'm being facetious with that, what fans don't understand is like, even if you guys were to get signed to a, a major label tomorrow, that's not a blank check, you know, like all that gets paid back. Like it, there's a shitload of work that goes into self-production and, you know, even just recording the album, like you don't have to give an exact dollar amount, but like, that's an expensive process. What, you know, financially. And like you said, the concept of like quitting your job to pursue this full time I don't think the casual listener fully grasps that like the reason that you can't quit your job and, and dive straight in to do this full time is because we're talking tens of thousands of dollars before you're actually a band. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's a bigger, it's a process, you know, and you definitely got to wait quite a long time to get, you know, money back from it. But when it does start coming back, even just in a small amount, it does feel good. So, yeah. What's that yeah. Spotify royalty check been so far? Like $24? Cause Spotify <laughs> pays shit. I think what, like 24th of one cent per stream or something like yeah, that. It's something stupid like that. It's so yeah. ridiculous. But, you know, and I say that from time to time on here, somewhat as a joke, but they can also fuck off because like realistically they could pay more. Uh, but I, I tell people all the time, like, you know, sure. Your favorite band isn't going to get rich because you stream their songs, but by you streaming their songs and sharing their songs, it boosts them in the algorithm. It gets more fans looking at them. That in turn is going to start making your favorite band money because now hopefully people are going to show up to shows. They're going to buy merch. They're going to do the right things to support that band. So like as much as I shit on Spotify or streaming in general, like still do those things because it is still a really good way to support a band without quote unquote, having to spend a ton of money. Exactly. Is Not everyone has the money to be spending on merch or CDs and stuff right. like that. So I mean, the simple thing is just sharing it on Instagram or whatever, or sharing it to your friends and it does a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's say perfect world in, in 2023, you guys, you know, drop the, the new album. Um, what would an ideal perfect world lineup look like for you guys on a, let's say a North American tour will limit you and make it be not a worldwide tour, but North American tour, who would you want to be on tour with? Like, are you saying like we're headlining or we're just like on tour? That That's up to you. It, I'm saying perfect world. So like maybe you blow up and you're the headliner, but if you're wanting to just open for some bands and have a killer show, do that. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go for that one, Evan. I got to think. Oh man, you got to shoot for You got to shoot for the stars on this one. Opening up stories so far or even state champs or anything yeah. like that would be unreal. Yeah, that'd be solid. Honestly, that tour with uh, Blink and Turnstile and Story, oh yeah. my god, I yeah. would be able to play a ten-minute opening set of like two to three songs. Yeah, 
Um, with that kind of exposure, that's all you'd need, right? Like, let us yeah. come out, play a song, and get us off stage. Exactly. The the <laughs> like, matter if the arena is not full, the fucking even two thousand people that are there, you're like, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd say my my I, that's a that would be a sick tour, but it'd be cool to tour. I think it'd be cool to tour a story. Um, little knuckle puck and maybe like hot mulligan solid yeah i would be a sick tour yeah um fun story uh, it's not fun for them at all uh i joked with a, a friend of mine that i don't think hot mulligan's gonna play indianapolis again anytime soon the last two times that i can think of that they were here both times they got their shit broken into and had guitars and shit stolen i'm like way to ruin the fucking scene guys like this is why people don't want to tour because, you know, the the first time that I can remember that they got their shit stolen, um, if you're a fan of Hot Mulligan, he had a, I think it was a pink bass guitar that he played like on, on every fucking set, gone. And it's his favorite fucking guitar that he's ever owned and all that. And it's like, people fucking suck, you know, like <laughs> it's already hard enough. I missed part of that because the Wi-Fi. So you said it got stolen? Yes. Brother. Yeah. Dude, they got, I'm pretty sure it's two or three times they've gotten jacked in Indianapolis. Oh my so, God. What terrible luck. Yeah. So they're just never going to come here again is is my theory, which I can't blame them. I mean, it, I it is what it is. <laughs> no. Dirty for sure. <laughs> right, right. Um so obviously I'll link all the, the socials and everything, but what's the best way for people to find you and interact with you online? What, you know, kind of where are you guys popular or trying to be popular? Uh, uh, Twitter definitely were popular. I'm not sure what the Twitter is. I think it's, ah, I got to look it up here. Is it TCFC band? Yeah. It's like TCFC T- understand band. Yep. Yep. Um, so that yeah, Twitter and then our Facebook just it's not I feel like Facebook's just kind of like an older generation and not a lot of people are following band stuff on Facebook. Um, I would probably say Instagram and our Instagram is too close for comfort and be yeah. so that's probably yeah. the best way to well, you know we respond to messages and share on our story so if you you know if people want to shout us out you know we'll definitely throw it up on our story or want to message us or get some merch or something we're happy to do that so yeah i and i totally agree with you on on facebook again i'm 37 but even i'm on that phase of like facebook's not where i go to see what bands are up to i go to instagram or or twitter or something like that because that's where you're posting your it's a it's just an easier format i think for bands to get out like the tour poster well, I'm just going to post the fucking photo. That's what Instagram is designed to be, is just the fucking photo. Exactly. And we have our Instagram like linked with our Facebook. So anytime we make a post, it just carries right over and we don't even have to think about it, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's everything I've got for you guys on, on this conversation. I'm sure down the road we're going to have more because, you know, like I said earlier, I really enjoy what you're putting out. And hopefully, you know, the next time we talk, it'll be, that story so far tour or something like that popping off and we can <laughs> get that going. I hope so. Dude. Hey, where are you from? Uh, Indiana, about an Indiana. hour North of Indianapolis. Yeah. So cool, 
yeah, whenever you get the Midwest uh, itch or whatever you want to call it, just skip Indy because obviously, fuck that. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll fly a private jet. How about that one? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, when you get to that level, if you start opening for a blink with the way those ticket prices were, that's that's a possibility, right? <laughs> yeah, we'd be making some super cash. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I appreciate you guys' time. Um, I'll keep you posted on when this goes up. I'll get, I'll hit Hope up and everything for that too. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it and I'll be spreading the word. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Abs- yeah, absolutely, man. Talk to you guys later, okay? Yeah, that was good. See ya. And that was my conversation with the guys in Too Close for Comfort. Again, I really hope that you guys enjoyed that. I want you to go over, give them some love, give them a follow, a share, subscribe, you know, all that sort of shit. Um, As always, I'll have their socials linked in the description of the podcast. Um, Be sure to let them know that you checked them out, that you listened to this interview. And yeah, that's everything I've got for you guys on this episode. There are... New merch designs in the works. I know I've said that a few times and things fell through. I had uh, bad connections with a couple designers and they uh, just kind of ghosted and and bailed or didn't deliver work and things like that. Uh, But I've got some new stuff that I'm working on. Uh, A couple people that I'm in the talks with that aren't going to do that. You know, I've I've got a little more of a personal relationship with some of them and whatnot so we're gonna have some new merch very very soon really stoked for that um and yeah as always i really appreciate everything you guys do for us on this podcast uh i do run this podcast completely out of my own pocket and i don't bring this up very often so anytime you get the opportunity to buy some merch or have a request for like concert photo prints or something like that, definitely let us know, uh, you know, if there's something that maybe we've posted a gallery of, of photography and you like something and maybe want to print or something like that, we'll see what we can do. Um, and yeah, you know, I just really, again, really appreciate everything that you guys do for us and um, looking forward to bringing you a ton of you know, new and exciting interviews, up and coming bands, established artists, it doesn't matter. We're, we're just going to bring you all the conversations. So remember guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other and you make the scene.